song. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to see y'all smiling faces. And yesterday, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about yesterday. If you missed, if you wasn't here yesterday for the uh, for the delivering of the baskets, I missed the putting together of the baskets, and uh, I missed that part. But I think I only took about. 30 seconds. <laughs> but anyhow, we, you, have, you missed a wonderful blessing yesterday if you didn't have an opportunity to go. And we delivered, I don't know how many baskets. Uh, close to 50. Close to 50. But anyhow, uh, caroling and singing and just visiting these folks. It was a great, great time. And, and what a blessing it was to, not only to me, it was a big blessing to them. And, and I, I just enjoyed that so much. But... But anyhow, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll mention the ones that we need to pray for, and we'll just go to pray, prayer again. But it's good, to, it's good to be here this morning, and, and I, I'm going to call our pastor, Brother Steve, you open us up in the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege to be here this morning. God, we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the participation yesterday in the delivery of the baskets and the Christmas caroling, God. We just pray, dear Heavenly Father, that everything we do will be to lift you up, dear God, and to lift you up to a lost and dying world. I pray, Lord, that you bless this service today, lead God and direct in it, God. And we pray that all that we do, God, will be to glorify you, Lord. God, I pray that you be with the Stone family uh, this morning, God. Our hearts are broken, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that you would comfort them, God, and give them peace like a river. Lord, that surpasses all understanding. Be with all them that are sick and afflicted, God. Those that are homebound, those in the nursing homes, Lord, we pray that you be with them. Lead, guide, and direct in all that we do. First and most precious name. Amen. 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 Let's do this right here. We we got lots of folks we need to pray for, and and uh, some events coming up. Of course, you know, need to pray for next Saturday, uh, Saturday night at six o'clock, and we'll have our cantata. And I know it's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be a wonderful time during that time. And invite some folks to be here. Let's, let's pack the church out. Invite some folks to be here for that. And be in prayer for that for sure. And uh, next, uh, I say we've got to be in prayer for uh, our uh, radio uh, broadcast time. It'll be uh, Christmas Eve morning at 7.30. And, uh, but you need to be there a little earlier for that. And uh, you know, please be there for that time. And, and uh, I need to be in prayer. I think Robbie's going to... Pray for Brother Bobby. He's going to uh, bring the message that morning, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Sure, on Christmas Eve and coming back here and having having worship service too is going to be wonderful. That'll be at nine. That will be at nine o'clock. Yes, nine o'clock. Yeah, uh, nine o'clock. So uh, no Sunday school. Just no Sunday school. Yeah, no Sunday school. Just come and be here. We're going after we leave the radio broadcast. We're going to come here and we'll have a we'll have a. a I guess and say biscuits and, and stuff in that line to uh, you know to, to just to give us a little nourishment for our worship service. So yeah, uh, so anyhow, be in prayer for that uh, Christmas Eve morning. Uh, anybody else have anything? Um, anyone to lift up in prayer this morning? Remember, mom and dad. Remember? Yeah, we went by and visited them yesterday, and, and uh, it was a wonderful time, but we definitely need to continue praying for Nell and Robert, and uh, and definitely our prayers, and continue praying for Bo and Linda. You always remember them in our prayers, too, when we pray. And, uh, 
And of course, the uh, Enoch Stone, he, uh, he passed away. Brother Steve mentioned that this morning. So we need to remember that family, the Stone family. Friend who lost his wife this past week to cancer. So she was my age, so don't remember him in prayer and his family's voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I understand Sister Jane lost a dear. The Kent family. The Kent family. Danny Joe Kent's wife. Anyone else? Remember us this week. We're going to be traveling. We leave Wednesday morning going south to London to bring paint home. We definitely pray for traveling. Sure. We'll pray for mental traveling tomorrow. I'm going to Mobile and back to Mitchell does a lot of traveling, so uh, up and down the states and in the Georgia. So we need to remember him when he travels around. He does that a lot. Like we need to remember all the people that are celebrating the first. Yep. Yeah. The first Christmas without my daddy. The first Christmas without oh, yes. my husband. The first Christmas without my best friend. We. We remember them, but we need to remember that that first Christmas, sure. that first Mother's <coughs> Day, Father's Day, is always hard. Yeah. So we need to remember the ones that are celebrating that first. I know God's going to bless them, but just remember the ones celebrating that first. Yeah. Well, Sarah said, remember the ones who celebrate the, uh, of course, this is Christmas time. Without the loved one, you know, Sister Kathy, this is going to be your first sure. Christmas without Brother Don. It's the first Christmas for Kim without her dad. Yeah, it's the first Christmas for Kim without her dad. We have a lot of firsts. Oh, we do. Sure. We do. Just touch, you know, you don't think about it, but that first is hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. And I just got to hear my eyes just thinking about that. You know, I remember my first Christmas without my dad and, and then my first Christmas without my mom in, in Delane. Uh, I know Delane, he really enjoyed Christmas a lot. And we all did. And it was a wonderful time with the family during that time. So yeah, it is hard. Very hard. <coughs> remember mom and dad? Fruit baskets yesterday. Um, we delivered to the Logans that lived on Margie's uh, sister. Um, she said that her husband just got out of the hospital, and I thought we would pray for him. Um, she said he's not doing very well at all. Remember the Logan family? A young man in Westville last week, and he was just torn up. His friend that was 23 was dying of cancer, and he was just. Remember my family. This will be our first without Lisa. Yes. Uh, Brother Wayne, there's a family in the community that lost their daughter and she uh, and Carmen Callie Wilson back in summer, spring, I can't remember, but they live right over here uh, where you go in to Women of the World camp. Um, they've had a hard time all year, but I, like she says, I know this is going to be a terrible year. Sure. Yeah, 
you know, Christmas time is a joyous time when you get it. You know, there's some, there's some families out there really hurting and, and we, definitely, we definitely need to pray for them. Definitely pray for them. Anyone else? Well, that's, uh, let's go with the Lord in prayer. And Brother Roger, can I, can I call on you to pray for these? If you don't mind, please. Father, Lord, we turn to you today. Lord, you've heard this request that has been made. We just ask on behalf of everyone in need of you, Heavenly Father, that you be close to them this Christmas season. Lord, we've gone through this with our own family and these first are hard, hard, hard times. But the realization that our family is with you now. I would just ask that you would bless as we go through this service, Lord. Bless the Heavenly Father, bless our our program next week and it would bring people together and they would feel the joy of the season, Lord, that you would just work through this little church that that just the spirit and the warmth of the season can go out through the community and through this area. Lord, we ask that you be with all the men that stand behind the board this morning. But, you would give them the message that they stand in need of, that the people stand in need of, Lord. Yes. That, that you would just give them the words and, and what not to say, Heavenly Father, and bring uh, your word to the people. Again, Lord, we ask especially, Heavenly Father, for those that lost loved ones in this time of year, that you just stand very close to them in this time. Lord, be with us in all that we say and do here today. And Heavenly Father, let us. Uh, let your light shine through us that we can not see you in this little place. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take our classes tonight. We'll take our classes. Thank you, Brother Roger. tell me if this microphone acts up at all. We've had a little trouble with it, so we need to know if we've got it working or not, okay? If it does anything funny or cuts out, please let me know. Uh, well, it's mixed emotions this morning, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, Brother Enos was one of the leaders 
uh, of the churches in this area. He was a, if there was a noble, godly man, that was him. Amen. And uh, he's going to be sorely missed. And on this hand, what a wonderful day yesterday was. Amen. Yeah, what a wonderful day. We didn't run into a, you know, a person that wasn't thrilled to death to see us. Everybody just as friendly. Yeah. Anyone a word about... Uh, there goes my voice. Anyone a word from yesterday before we begin? We're still in chapter 9 of Romans. Anyone a word? Michael, Sister Deidre, I stayed visiting with her father. She said, I don't think I ain't thank the church. She's coming to church. Rodney said this, tell the church thank you, and that she loved everybody, missed everybody, and uh, our neighbor, we came one to her, and, and she said the same thing. Appreciate it so much. And, uh, she didn't have any children or any family around, so... She said it's good to be remembered. Yes. Anyone else? I enjoyed it. I think about my sister. Okay. We're going to begin. Uh, we'll, I don't know if we're going forward or backward a little, but in the 25th verse of the ninth chapter of John, John, Romans, wow. Um, I'm thinking too far ahead, don't say that. <laughs> Getting too far ahead. Um, in these next few verses, what Paul is going to show that even way back in the Old Testament, in Hosea and in Isaiah, thousands of years before, that it was prophesied that Israel would turn away way, way back before Christ ever came, which opened the door for us. As the, as the non-Israeli people, the Gentiles were called, were grafted in. And he starts in verse 25, and he said also in, he says, Osi, Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people. Talking about us. And her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah, or Esaias, also cried concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Now we know back Abraham was promised that his seed would be as the sands of the seashore, a number that couldn't be numbered. But even back then, Isaiah said a remnant would be saved. Somebody give me a good definition for a remnant. A piece. That's what my mother used to say when she sewed. She saved the little remnants of the cloth to make uh, quilts and stuff with it. Those little pieces that wasn't big enough to do anything else with, she'd fold them up and keep them. Because they make a quilt square, too. Yeah. It's usually the small part of a whole. Mm -hmm. A very small part. What's left over from what you use? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess the best, well. <laughs> but my fat, which remains. Mm -hmm. 
It's less than half. It's half. No. Less than half. It's way less than half. Yeah. Though they be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of Abraham's descendants naturally shall be saved. And I guess that was driven home to me more when I visited Israel when we were told by our guide that less than 2% of the citizens of the nation of Israel are Christian. Less than 2%. That kind of drove it home to me. Yeah. I was reading last week in Matthew and it told about the woman that come to Jesus and said, uh, my daughter is, is sick. She had an evil spirit. And he said, uh, it's not not <coughs> for me to give the children the, the meat, the bread, the meal from the table. And and she said, even the dogs get the crumbs underneath the table. And he said, because of our faith, so thy way. He still had so much love. Verse 28, For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. We look at it as our lifetimes as being a hundred years of being something. But, but the existence of the earth is but a short time with God. Yeah, just a short time. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth, Sabaoth, had left us a seed, we would have been as Sodom and have been made like in Gomorrah, which we know those two cities were destroyed. Then he asks a question, what shall we say then? Or how can this be that the Gentiles, which follow not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness? <coughs> Even the righteousness which is of faith? You know, the, the ones that were not of Israel didn't have all the advantages that Israel had. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. So it's asking, how could Israel miss it and all these other folks who didn't have all this heritage get it? Thankfully, he answers the question, wherefore or how, why? Because they sought it, sought it not by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what Abraham was known for, his faith. Sure. But that's why we'll say 98% of Israel misses the boat. There's no faith. They went through the motions, they did the works, but there was no faith in it. Yeah. It was just duty, shall we say. But as it were by the works of the law. We'll get into that more in a minute. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling block and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Yeah. That rock of offense that was laid in Israel was Christ. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyone on that? Well, I'm going to kind of lightly touch that because it'll get deeper here in just a second. Anyone so far? All right. I'm going to read this first verse with a couple of phrases that it's not, okay? Just to drive this point home. Paul's going to tell us his heart's desire and prayer for the nation of Israel. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might keep the law. Nope. My prayer for Israel is that they may gather in Jerusalem. Nope. My prayer for Israel is that they'll build a temple worthy of Christ. Nope. My prayer for Israel is that they'll sacrifice more. Nope. My prayer for Israel is they'll elect a leader that'll bring them back to Christ. Nope. My prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Amen. It's the only thing Paul would pray for. None of the other things. That was past. He prayed that they'd be saved. And that's the only prayer that can be prayed for an Israeli today that doesn't know Christ. Right. Is that they'd be saved. There, there is no future out for them. No, no uh, as we'd say, no back door. No second chance. No second chance. Paul prayed that they'd be saved. Accept Christ. Accept Christ. Yeah. The only hope. I mentioned there's no back door. Christ said he was the door, singularly. Yeah. Yeah. Now that... That doesn't go over real well in a lot of our churches today to make that statement. I realize that. But just as Paul said here, they must be saved. Come to know Christ. Yeah. The only hope and that the nation, the heritage, the lineage of Abraham has is to be saved. Now here's a troubling verse. Oh my goodness. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And I have a phrase that I wrote down that I've had in my Bible, sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? Sincerely wrong? No. Oh. The first two, exactly what does that mean? They're wide open in what they're doing for God. Which is the works. Yes. Yeah, which is works. Yeah. Concealed things, desire or performance desire yeah. or desire to perform. Mm -hmm. The scribes and the Pharisees had knowledge. Yeah. They had knowledge of God. Yeah. They didn't have the zeal for Jesus. Yeah. What he's saying is, works want, won't, will not, let's go with that word, works will not get them there, no matter how sincere they are. Sir? The example of zeal without knowledge, someone is dying there in dire need of the transfusion, and in your zeal, you give them the wrong blood type, and you kill them. Mm -hmm. But you were sincere. Yeah. So yeah. zeal is, can sometimes be ignorance 
in action. Yeah. Remember what I just said. Christ is the door. And I don't say these things negatively in that there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, they're good things. But you can build all the houses for Habitat for Humanity you want. You can give every penny you've ever made to the poor. You can spend your life doing good things for people and not have Christ. Yeah. That's the reality of it. We can't get there. There's nothing we can do to get salvation. Well, except accept it. I'll put that little disclaimer in there for a technicality. Yeah. The only thing I can do for salvation is accept the gift, okay? Yeah. I can't, let me, I'll put it this way. I can't earn it. And that was a problem for the people. They felt like they had to do something. That if I live piously enough, I can earn my way. But none of us can earn our way. And the thief on the cross had no time to work. He had no time to get the knowledge. He had no time. But Jesus still told him this day, will I be with me in paradise because he had to pay. Because as we believe, when Christ saves me, his righteousness is imputed into me. Not mine, but his. And therefore, I have righteousness. But that's the only way to get it. The only way to get it. No matter how hard we try. No matter how hard we try. You know, I could start digging a ditch to try to get the river over here to go to Blountsville. And I can be earnest as I want to in that, but I'll never get her dug. Mm -mm. It's just as impossible to reach God without going through Christ. Yeah. A simple belief. Repentance and belief. That's all he asked for. Yeah. Because if I had to earn it, earned it, if I had to have earned it, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. No, we didn't have enough. To, didn't have enough to pay. I didn't have enough righteousness about me to. No, because I'm born of Adam. Yeah. Didn't the Israelites prove that? Yeah. Because they had the law, and that was their. They had to work to obey the law and to do the law, mm -hmm. and they still couldn't do it. Yeah. Tried to keep it to a little jot and tittle, and. It, I almost feel like the law was this big, and by the time the Pharisees and the scribes were finished with it, it was a book this thick. Kind of like, think of our tax code. Nobody understands it. Well, that's kind of how they did the law. That gave them uh, exclusive yeah. rights to the law. Yeah. But I, I come back to... Uh, the writer of Rock of Ages. Um, could my zeal, um, could my tears forever flow? Could my zeal no longer know? These can't say, these cannot. Uh, sin cannot atone. Can, yeah, sins cannot atone. Thou must save and thou alone. In, in thy. Uh, what is it? Am I in the cross? Simply to thy cross I cling. 
you know, that's the change, Brother Michael, for the practicing Jew today. Right. They're going through all, all kinds of things that they're doing to observe um, their traditions and Passover and all that stuff. Um, they'll celebrate this season in a different way than mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are zealous about that. So it, they're just they're still the same. Yeah. They, yeah. they have the zeal for what they're doing. It's just not the face. Yeah, it's they're, not they're wide open. Yeah. Now let's bring that a little closer to home. <coughs> I will make the statement there's a lot of buildings with a name on the outside that says church. And they're doing the very same thing. Sure. They're going all through religions. going through in all different kind of religions. They're going through the motions. They're sincere as they can be. But not the knowledge of righteousness. It's yeah. about tradition, mm -hmm. not belief. Yeah. Faith and traditions don't always come together. Yeah. We celebrate Christmas with our presents. We do this, we do that. But we forget that Christ is the reason. And when we don't have faith in Christ, then it's just a tradition. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're doing like the Jews. Mm -hmm. We're just doing it. I can't exactly put what I'm trying to say. But when we don't believe and have faith in, in Jesus to get where we're going, then we're only, we're only just following tradition. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are upset about you know, you don't say Merry Christmas anymore, and you mm -hmm. don't say, uh, 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 because we just don't, you don't celebrate Christ mm -hmm. in the Christmas. Yeah. Because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Or, it, the, like the Jews, when you say Merry Christmas to a, a Jewish person, that doesn't mean anything. You know, they, and it's not, it's not what we do or what we say. It's how we live that shows what Christmas is. Yeah, and what he put in here. Yeah, what Christ put in here. Exactly. That's what shows. There's one tradition that I have. And uh, every Christmas day, my family comes and has Christmas with me before the meal, before anything, I read uh, about Jesus, Jesus' birth, straight out of the Bible, for these little children, for these big kids, and uh, then uh, we have prayer before we have our meal. And they, if I did not do that, uh, well, there was, uh, last year, uh, I did everything, but I forgot the prayer. And Kenneth stopped me, and he said, Mom, we didn't pray. And I said, okay, I'm, you know, I was very sorry about that. But sometimes when we get with the hustle and bustle, there's some things that go by the wayside. And that one thing cannot go by the wayside. 
Uh, but if you have a tradition like we have of celebrating Jesus' birth along with the faith that we have, then that's, that's a wonderful combination of those two things. So you almost forgot it. Yes. That's what some people say happens when you get old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Taylor, I'll give you the best example, and I don't, I don't want to offend anybody in this, but there is a denomination today, and they will send their folks out, and they'll walk through the snow and the rain and the heat to knock on your door, rain or shine. They're zealous. They're sincere, but they are sincerely wrong. Amen. Yeah. All Jesus the Western. Yeah. I've seen them on bicycles in dress clothes. Yeah. Hot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, I thought, what a zeal. Yeah. Oh, if I had that zeal. Yeah. Yeah. So many, so many churches forget the blood. I've even heard mm -hmm. where people in high places in, in churches said, I am tired of hearing about the blood. Hey, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. yeah. That blood touched my heart. Anyone else? For they, verse 3, being ignorant of God's righteousness, even though they had the law, they were ignorant of His righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. I'm good enough because I did this. Do you realize the scripture says that there will be those in the day of judgment that argue with God? Sure. I did this. I did. Did I not do this? Did I not do this? Did I not do this? Yeah. Here's what all I did. That argue with God, but works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that. Literally, or scripturally, argue with God. I did all these things. What more could you ask? Yeah. What, what, what is at the root of that is. The thing that we all deal with, um, and it's the hardest thing, I think, for humankind and for us as Christians to just admit our dependence and reliance on God. So we want to go and do our own, go our own way, sure. and do our own thing. Mm -hmm. and, and the, but the heart of that is not admitting our dependence and accepting our dependence on God. Yeah. In essence, we say, I'll get to God my way. I'll do it my way. Oh, John. Chris, every time I do something I think is really good and really great, I remember that verse that says, all our righteousnesses be hard as good as and here, now Paul will wrap up what we've been batting around, beating around the bush at for weeks now. And I'm going to I'm going to reverse this just a little bit. So, 
The end of the law is Christ. The end of the law is Christ. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And I've said this before, those that truly <coughs> saw in the law Christ, when He came, they spotted Him a mile away. They spotted Him a mile away. Yeah. But those that was in the law for the works, the popularity, the prestige, the whatever the doing was, they totally missed Him. He walked right by them. Yeah. That means Job in his time was doing what he did by faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Christ is the end of the law. That's where the law was going the whole time was to Christ. For Moses in verse 5 described the righteousness which is of the law that a man which doeth those things shall live by them. And that's the Old Testament. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring... Wait. Okay, let me go ahead and read. That is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Now, what Paul is doing here is quoting way back out of Deuteronomy. You know, the book of Deuteronomy, a lot of it's kind of a summary of what all went on in the previous Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. But in the 30th chapter, you don't have to turn there unless you want to. It's chapter 30, verse 11. Basically, God and Moses are having their last chat. And they've had their sort of their last chat, I guess you'd say. And Moses is now... He knows his time is drawing near and he's trying to instill something into these children of Israel. Ones that he's drug kicking and screaming out of Egypt sometimes. But he's trying to instill something to him. And in verse 30, he makes this statement to, uh, to them. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh to thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do with it. Even way back then, Moses is telling them, It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. You don't have to go up to heaven to get it. You don't have to go down in the bottom of the sea to get it. It's right there. It's right there. And that's what he's referring to back here, what Moses told the children of Israel way back there. He's telling them the same thing now. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach to these Israel, to these Romans. He's saying, "All I got to do is reach out and get it. Just accept it." Yeah, faith. Yeah. 
So that's that's what he's talking about here with ascending to heaven and bringing going to the dead. No, he's just saying it's not that complicated. It's not that hard. Salvation is so simple that six-year-olds can grasp it. Sure. Maybe younger. I don't know, but I know six years old that have grasped it. I'm married to one of them. Yeah. But you're right, Brother Chris. It takes us admitting who we are and what we are. Yeah. That's why Paul Kelly told me something one time from high school that helped me. Um, because I was struggling. I just started preaching. And sometimes I'd follow the Spirit and sometimes I'd preach out of my head. And when I would, I'd end up skinning my nose on the carpet, falling on my face. But every now and then, I just trust the Lord, and it seemed like everything would be fine, and folks would be blessed. But Paul made this statement. He said, and, and he wasn't referring to preaching, but he pretty much said when he, in his message, but he said, preaching is the hardest, easy thing you'll ever do. And the hard part ain't doing it. The hard part is getting to a place where you can just have faith to follow the Spirit. That's the hard part is getting me out of the way and just letting the Lord lead. From that point, it's easy. And we can enjoy it. I dreaded preaching every message at that point. But now when the Lord's in it and I get a, I love it. There ain't nothing like it. And then, and like, as long as it's been since, you know, it's been three or four weeks since I preached at any church. And I don't know how long. But now I, there's a fear. There's a fear for next Sunday morning or when we do the broadcast. But when I get to where I need to be, that won't be there anymore. And uh, we as people, we have the fear. If we don't control everything around us, it's not going to go. But the thing is, we're afraid it's not going to go the way we want it. Right. And uh, you got to realize, it ain't about what we want. We're just a vapor here on this earth. But we have a commission, and that's what it needs to be about. We don't need to... And we do a lot of lifting up of the church. We do. But we need not forget when we're lifting up Live to Hill, we need to lift up Jesus. Amen. And that we don't, when we invite folks, uh, we don't want to just invite them to come hear the wonderful sin. We want to make it sure that in our heart we're inviting them to come see Jesus. And and, and when he, I'm sorry, Brother Michael, I'll shut up. You won't be telling but. When, they, when the Lord told them, said, go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in to see Christ. He said, compel them to come into my house. What are you going to compel them with? The bridegroom. Sure. Christ. That's all we've got. That's all we've got. And when we realize that, then it's easy to put self out of the way. I'm sorry, brother. That's okay. We're going we're gonna to get all over preachers here in about five verses, yeah. so just prepare. Alright. Anyone else a word? That's actually a really good stopping place before we go any further. As a summary, Paul said, that stack of rules y'all been living by, salvation's a piece of cake compared to that, keeping all that. All you got to do is Receive the gift. 
but in the same sense as Brother Bobby talking, I've got, I've got to get willing to receive that gift. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That makes me think of a uh, Elizabeth loves this movie allegories, a show allegories, and it's Bible stories. And the one that she loves the most is it's a Christmas one, but she watches it all the time. But it's called The Gift, mm-hmm. and it's three things you need to learn about gifts from Christ. And the number one thing is you can accept it or you cannot accept it. That's up to you. But the gift is there for you to get if you want. Mm-hmm. Now. I will add this, so you can chew on it all week if you want to till next Sunday. Anyone can receive it while it's being offered. There's a qualifier that goes on that. I've heard people make statements, you can get saved anytime you want. I'm sorry. There has to be an invitation there. There has to be a drawing there. The Spirit of God has to be moving on your soul. You, you won't get it just when you, whenever you want to. But Mike, I, sometimes I have a problem with the way it's presented, the word decision. Folks will say, I made a decision. Well, you do, but there's other things involved. Yeah, yeah. You made a decision to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Bobby. Yeah. So uh, we'll leave it with that. Since salvation is free. It's, it's right there in your mouth. But the Spirit's got to be drawing. Yeah, spirit, and the Spirit can draw anywhere, anytime. I'm not going to limit it to right here. Great place to be saved. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But the time to be saved is when the Spirit invites us, wherever we are. Yeah, yeah. Preacher on the radio said it exact same thing this morning. Which one? No, the station he had. That's what he said, that you can't get saved anytime you One last thing I'll mention before, now we're going to got the radio broadcast Christmas Eve. We're coming back here to grab a quick biscuit. Uh, if you would let me know if you're going to be here for breakfast, you know, some can't make it to the broadcast, I just need a number and what kind of biscuit you like. Okay? So, and I'll take care of picking those up or I order them ahead of time is what I'll do. Okay? Uh, anyone else? All right. We'll stop right there.